Warning, this show may contain adult content, language, and humor and is intended for mature audiences. If that's not you, please stop listening now. Nothing you hear on Sex and Science Hour is intended as medical advice, financial advice, legal advice, therapy, or really anything other than entertainment. Please take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Oh, and if you're hearing us on an affiliate network, the ideas and views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the network you're listening on or of any sponsors or affiliate products you might hear about on the show. Now that all that's out of the way, let's start the show. This is Sex and Science Hour with Brian Sovereign and Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Get your freak on. Hello, boys and girls. Here we are at Sex and Science Hour. Oh, we're reaching out to boys and girls. I mean, that's kind of problematic, isn't it? Yeah, this is an adult show. You know, I feel so conflicted about having this disclaimer. <laughs> I put it in there because, you know, I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression. And it's always good to be clear, but it sounds kind of lame. I kind of liked it better when we just went right into the chiptunes and yeah. started our show. But, you know, this is this is kind of a mature podcast well if you could call it mature sometimes i don't feel very (laughs) mentally um, mature can i get an adult please (laughs) i need an adult but you know we we don't want anybody to hear anything that's gonna traumatize them or anything so this is why cadillac won't advertise with adam carolla right Uh, is that true yeah i mean you should get toyota to sponsor him but oh great name for it (laughs) yeah no he actually came out and said that um he's gonna stop swearing in his show oh seriously because that let me just get that that right out of the way (laughs) (laughs) this is why we are uh you know a little bit of a more adult show but that's right you know Use your judgment. I mean, this show, is, in case you're wondering what you stumbled upon, if you're just hearing us for the first time, first of all, welcome. Uh, who are we and why do we do this show? Well, um, we are two people who've been podcasting as a hobby for a long time. We have hobbies and interests. <laughs> we are interested in uh, talking about sex and science and Mostly we're interested in doing a show together, a project that's fun that we can hang out on Friday nights and yeah. uh, record a show for you all. So uh, that's kind of why we do the show, right? Absolutely. You can listen to uh, season two, episode one, which is our show right before this, if you want to hear a more detailed explanation of um, you know, the purpose of the show and everything like that. But I don't think we need to get into that again. But what we do want to get into to start off the show tonight is Let's get into it. the stupidity of social media. Oh. This is a favorite of yours, Brian, isn't it? I, you know, I get critiques about this, like because people are like, oh, Stallion's getting on his high horse, which is ironic. <laughs> I have a nickname, the Golden Stallion, just in case somebody. Yeah, you didn't. nicknamed yourself that, I think. Well, hey, well. <laughs> you've been nicknamed. I love how you. That was like mistakes have been made. Mistakes have been made. <laughs> You're like a politician. No anyway, unknowns. What do, what do people criticize you for? Oh, just the, like because I, I I do I get on a high horse about social media. I can't stand the fucking shit like I, I really but yet you're on it all the time well i'm not on all i mean i'm not bad at it right like i, I have i don't know i have like over seven thousand twitter followers you get followers I yeah mean, I, I you know i'm not 
<laughs> it's a way to promote your stuff. I mean, you kind of I feel like you kind of have to be on social media nowadays. Like well, case, to, case in point, okay. to reach an audience, yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm a voice actor, okay, and I get lots of jobs through Facebook, even Twitter. I mean, social media is where it's at. Uh, I even did an experiment recently. I um, narrate audiobooks, and for some of the spicier romance, I have mm-hmm. a pseudonym that I use. <laughs> uh-huh. So recently, I'm not sure if I'm quite ready to like come out as my pseudonym yet. I f- I feel mixed <laughs> about it. Like it's not exactly a secret. I'm not embarrassed of it or ashamed of it or shy. But then again, I feel like under my name, under Stephanie Murphy, I do a lot of like science books and Bitcoin books and a lot of business books, a lot of nonfiction. And I feel like it might be kind of just confusing from a branding perspective if they see a lot of like, you know, sexy romance books. You remind me of the dominatrix in Berlin that was, you know, by night she's a dominatrix and by day she works at the Lego factory, you know. The Lego factory? Yeah. (laughs) Are you serious? Yes. I've never heard of that. Okay. <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. What is she doing with those Legos? Anyway. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, who's playing with the Legos? It's just like, I know it says to age 99 on Legos, but come on. How would my I, you know, you my wanna... parents knew that a dominatrix was making those Legos? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you want to talk about pain. Have you ever stepped on a Lego? Oh, my oh, yes. God. That is a painful experience. Well, that. <laughs> I don't know if it's as painful as what the dominatrix would dole out, <laughs> but it is painful. You're right. Anyway, so for my pseudonym, I built a website and I posted the, the content that I'd done and I did little book reviews of all the things she's narrated so far. And <laughs> But I haven't been getting much traffic at all on the website and nobody really right. buys the books through the, through the website because I try to track that stuff. And I really think it's because I haven't created any social media accounts for her. And so people can tell, oh, yeah, that's just a fake person. <laughs> yeah. It's not real. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even like you could say, well, you can do SEO, but honestly, social media is a huge part of SEO. So, yeah, you. I have no problem with content marketing on my other website, on my voice website that's smvoice.info. Right. And I don't even update that very often. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so I think social media has become a necessary evil now, but it doesn't mean we have to like it. Right, Brian? That's right. (laughs) So this week, we wanted to open this up because this week we saw a story that we were kind of just baffled by. And there was also this other thing that came out about the content collapse that's happening on Facebook. Yes. So we're going to talk about that. But first off is this Bitcoin list. So you and I have been interested in Bitcoin for a while. And actually, this show started out on the Let's Talk Bitcoin network. Correct. We may end up back there. I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, you might hear the show on the Let's Talk Bitcoin network. Right now, we're not on it yet, but we are figuring that out as we speak. So right. <laughs> um, anyway, So we saw we've been involved in the Bitcoin world and we saw a list of like the top influencers in fintech, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So and was this was was this exclusively Bitcoin people or because now they don't even want to say Bitcoin. They want us just to call it blockchain technology. Well, I think now they they pretty much call it fintech like that. is Okay, so does fintech mean Bitcoin or does fintech mean like PayPal, Bitcoin and it means yes, it means financial technology across the board. So blockchains, Bitcoin, PayPal, I would assume also, you know, falls under that. Fintech is very broad. Okay, so, I mean, it it seems to me, like, that's confusing to me, because the majority of people on this list I recognized as Bitcoin people. Right. But maybe I'm just out of touch. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, in many ways... Or are all the most influential people in fintech interested in Bitcoin, and is that something 
does that say something on its own? Well, you know, I don't think there's a Bitcoin community anymore at all. Um, but I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, I don't know. <laughs> but people that like really still kind of care about about Bitcoin, you know, are, are pretty they're pretty loud about it, you know, and and then they talk a lot. There's a lot of passion uh, behind it. So, you know, that's why I could see where they would sort of, you know, rise to the to the top. And it's important this list, it's important to bring up that it's totally based upon an automatic algorithm. That was the, the thing. Right. So, we're not going to really name any names, okay, but don't need cuz cuz there's no need to, right? It's just the whole point of it. But basically, we saw this list and we were like, "Huh? How did that person get on that <laughs> list? How did that person end up as number 30 when they were supposed to be well, higher, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll mention one name. I think it's okay to mention his name. And that's Andreas. Andreas yeah, Antonopoulos. Andreas should have been number one as far as I'm concerned. Should have been. He but was he was like 15. number 15. Well, well, that's not so bad. Number one, we can mention that name too. It's Mark Andreessen. Okay, not uh, bad. Sure. All right. And that makes sense because he does talk. I mean, well, Mark Andreessen on Twitter, the, he's the guy that created what is effectively the what's known as the tweet storm. Like, in fact, people are still baffled at how is it possible What's that a tweet storm, a tweet storm is just tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet. From... It's like a shit storm, except it's with tweets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I would argue that. Wow, what Andreessen... a pleasant mental image. You well, know. yeah, right. <laughs> I was sort of picturing like a swarm of locusts, but each one is a each one is a little Twitter bird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to, to put it in perspective, a lot of people have a, you know, on, on Twitter, you can create lists. Well, many people create one list for Mark Andreessen. That's just his <laughs> tweets because he'll drown your Twitter feed. Like it, it's almost impossible that that one person, whether it's him or not, is tweeting that much. Okay, uh, is this the whole like lean in like male aggressiveness thing? I, or I don't know. I, I don't know what is what his purpose is behind it. But anyway, but the point being is that okay, Mark Andreessen makes sense number one. And if we're talking about people talking about fintech. Okay, I could imagine there's a bunch of people maybe that work for, I don't know, some bank or something, you know, that would be ahead of Andreas. But the weird thing is, is there's people on that list that, like, I know aren't, like, like a thing. Like, <laughs> like they're, like, I, I, I don't expect, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not boasting or anything, but I got to believe my name's, you know, in, in the, in the parlance is bigger than theirs. And you talk about more than Bitcoin. I mean, well, yeah. I, I wasn't. I guess I wasn't necessarily shocked that you weren't on the list, but right. But um, yeah, I don't most know. The time were, I'm just talking about Star Wars or something. So, yeah, yeah. But it just shows that like you can do a lot with social media. You can really create these perceptions that aren't necessarily re reflective of reality, right? Well, right. That's the thing is that any one of these people that were on this list, like I could see them. You know, all the I I could imagine how you could cheat these algorithms. All that all one person yeah, would have to do exactly is create fifteen other Twitter accounts, mm -hmm. like all their other. It's like a blog ring. Like um, yeah, they used to have these back in the days when web SEO rings. was kind of new. Oh yeah, they used to oh, have web, oh. web rings in the nineties, right? But that yeah. was before SEO. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But once uh, search engine engines came about. Like in the early days where people were trying to hack all the algorithms and right. they were, it was like considered really cutting edge to read like Moz and stuff. And, yeah. you know, 
<laughs> and they would fit, tell you how to do SEO to promote your blog. Yes. Then everybody caught on, you know. <laughs> but um, back in those days, they used to have um, private blog networks where you could basically pay for backlinks or you could somehow get into them and, and right. you, you would agree to promote and black, backlink to each other's content. So it was a it was like a mutual back scratching kind of network where all, everybody's SEO would collectively increase because they were all backlinking to each other's stuff. Right. It's like that. You can do that with social media now. On your own. On your own. By yourself. All you need is a computer. And actually, there are whole companies that you can hire to create negative PR. And all they do is it's one person on Twitter creating negative accounts on Yelp and Twitter and making tweets about right. people. And it can ruin somebody or or a company. But it, you can do it to an individual, too. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to bring up a, a little story, if I can. Um, and that is, this was this was really popular just this past uh, season, this past Christmas, actually, uh, was the, the uh, Starbucks Red Cup. And I covered this on my own show, Sovereign Tech. Oh, yeah. And, and I said, Who I was like. remembers that, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Because there was this supposedly this Christian outrage over this Red Cup. Now, I'm an atheist, as are you, Stephanie. I mean. But I don't, you know, I really cannot believe that there are Christians out there that are that stupid to get mad over a red cup. Like, I don't think they are. I, I, I really don't. And I know lots of Christians. They're, they're not that, you know. Anyway. Well, Brian, it's not about the red cup. It's about what it represents, which yeah. is the blood of Christ. I right. mean, the war on Christmas or something, right? <laughs> and so, well, what I think happened is, is that you have these, I mean, and you're seeing it now. You're seeing Mashable is tanking. BuzzFeed is tanking like they're doing massive layoffs. Okay? Because like they're they're running because their content sucks. Well, well their content sucks, but I think at the time, I think what they're having to do is especially with Twitter is they're they're creating news. Like they're taking one person's tweet and they're turning it into a news story. And I think that's what happened here is either somebody either they created the story or what or, so, or there was like one dumbass that that complained about these red cups. And and then that turned into then Mashable or whoever reported on it and suddenly it turned into a national sensation. OK, but that's the thing is that like those kinds of stories, I think people either aren't falling for them or maybe they're understanding the reality of social media. Or, or, that it's not really a big as big of a deal as it's made out to right, be. Or that and it's easy to it, fake. Yeah, that it's even paid for by maybe Starbucks paid for that. Right. Yeah, it's free. It, it, or it's, it's, it's cheap advertising. Heat. They yeah, used to do this heat. in the wrestling world. Yeah, it's I talk about it all the time. Cheap, cheap heat. heat. Yeah, yeah. Explain what that is for just sex and science hour listeners. Well, so, heard so your show. Okay. Sovereign Tech. Right. So heat. In in rest in pro wrestling, heat is uh, is getting a, an audience reaction against a heel, against a bad guy. Okay, and that's heat. You want that because that that makes people want to fill in the seats, uh, you know, to see this bad guy, you know, get his get, get his ass kicked and everything. For right? the seats, got it. Right, and so cheap heat is an inexpensive way of somehow <laughs> or or you know a, a cost effective way of getting people really really angry. And so, yeah, I think these news, these news companies, that's what they've been doing for a long time is they're just creating cheap heat. And, and that's what red, the star, you know, Starbucks red cup was about and all this stuff. And it, you know, just twisting the, the, the definition of cheap heat a little bit, this whole algorithmic list that we're talking about here, the influential people in fintech. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a couple Andreessen, Andreas, some others like, okay, I understand why they're, I mean, like Gavin Andreessen was number like 43 
Gavin fucking Andreessen. Oh, wow. Yeah, a lot of the Bitcoin core developers were like down on the list. Vitalik was low on the list, lower than I thought he should have been. Yeah, Vitalik was like in the 20s or something. So we're naming some names. I'm not going to name the other, but I'm just looking at this like, who... Why the fuck is that person there? And it just shows like like there the Internet is I, I know so many people think that, oh, it is the great deliverer of truth. It is set minds free. Yeah, maybe some. But otherwise, it is the most distorted version of reality. TV mm-hmm. doesn't come close to distorting reality the way the Internet does. You've got to be really careful of that. Oh, and yeah. Keep your wits about you. Yeah, because you can. You can get into a distorted version of reality. We're right. not even talking about virtual reality. Everybody, like, rags on that and says, oh, people are going to get lost in these universes. But what about the Internet? It oh. is a very distorted version of reality. And of course, you know, Twitter, we've talked about this before. Twitter doesn't care. They just want new users to sign up. So they don't care if you create they a million fake growth. accounts. Yeah, they just want growth. Yeah. That's why they don't do anything about trolls, because they just want new accounts to sign up. That's all they care right, about. Right, to please the investors. They don't care about they, keeping people on. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so we talked about Twitter, but um, there's also going around this week recently, there was a a thing about Facebook's so-called content collapse. And apparently there was some internal document from Facebook that got leaked where they were very, very concerned that people are no longer sharing personal things on Facebook. They're sharing lots of memes and articles, but they're not sharing how they're feeling, right? And Facebook wants to know how you're feeling because that's data about you and that's valuable, right? (laughs) That's why they give you those new buttons to react to things and get angry and like and sad and love and... But, you know, we haven't heard any metrics on how those are working out. Well, they haven't been there for too long. You know, it's only been a couple of weeks, but I'm sure they'll publish the results in some scientific journal. Yeah. Right. Because they're doing this study on us without our consent. right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I they mean, have done before. Yeah. Facebook does behavioral experiments willy nilly. I mean, they don't they just don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do have a bit of a, a theory on, on this whole leak of information. But I'm curious. I mean, what other thoughts, you know, do you have on this? I mean, Um, well, let me just read a little bit from this Bloomberg article that's about this. Um, Facebook Inc. is working to combat a decline in people sharing original personal content, the fuel that helps power the money machine at the heart of its social network, according to people familiar with this matter. Overall sharing has remained, quote, strong, according to Facebook. Yes, we are strong. (laughs) That's I don't know. Maybe that's a red flag because, you know, they yeah. they have to say that. However, people have been less willing to post updates about their lives as their list of friends grow, the people said. Instead, Facebook's 1.6 billion users are posting more news and information from other websites. As Facebook ages, users may have more than a decade's worth of acquaintances added as friends. People may not always feel comfortable checking into a local bar or sharing an anecdote from their lives, knowing these updates may not be relevant to all their connections. Yeah, that I mean, that's a real problem. Uh, in fact, I don't think people realize this. Like, you know, a lot Facebook started off in colleges, 2007, something like that. 2005, I think. Was it earlier? OK. Anyway, they you know, that's where it started. And I don't think people realize that. Oh, wait a second. All these pictures of all these things I did, all these things that I said back then, they're going to be around for another 10 years, <laughs> you know, or, or however long. Um, that That's really something that, that I think people are just suddenly like coming to terms with. And they're like, oh, wait a second. Like, this is crazy. And so, yeah, they're stopping to share personal stuff. I think that's happening. Uh, but, you know. I mean, and, and I'm glad that it's happening. People don't, I mean, who the hell, first off, who the hell cares? Second off. Well, I don't think people are learning their lesson. Actually, it says in this article, 
sorry to interrupt you, but no. it says in this article that the personal sharing are is moving to other social networks like Snapchat, Instagram, and other messaging right, services. But, but it's important, Snapchat, where at least in the popular it perception, away. it disappears. Uh, yeah, popular yeah, well, that's what you think, right? That's really what they tell that. you. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, uh, conspiracy time, I think this leak was on purpose. And I think that the reason it was on purpose is because F8 just happened, which is uh, uh, Facebook's version of, you know, the WWDC. The for G20. Apple. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's their conference where they announce all kinds of exciting stuff. Okay. The whole thing had to do with Facebook Messenger. It didn't have anything really to do with otherwise. And so I think this was kind of a this leak was strategic to say, yes, this is a problem. And you might and advertisers, you might not be seeing a lot of interaction, but don't worry. Everybody's using Messenger now. We've got them hooked. Uh, so they so are. <laughs> well, I, I think it's true. I think uh, most people I know who don't post on Facebook, they still use Messenger nonstop. Yeah, you know, like like a lot. Uh, so so I, I, I it might have been a strategic move. Regardless, it's happening. I mean, you know, it's just the release of the information, I think, could have been strategic. But it is happening. Maybe people aren't learning their lesson. It's true that, you know, people are just reposting things. They're not sharing their own personal thoughts and they're putting that elsewhere. And boy, I hope people don't think that Snapchat, like anybody listening to this, <laughs> that somehow Snapchat that isn't safe. keeping your info or that it's safe. Right. I mean, you're ooh, crazy. Yeah. Well, OK. Bottom line, the takeaway from this segment is that, um, you know, we're not huge fans of social media and maybe content collapse is okay maybe we're not meant for that many connections with decade-old acquaintances i certainly have some of those on my facebook i'll give you i'll give you a book title there's a great book out there it's called social media is bullshit check that out (laughs) that that really says it all doesn't it (laughs) more coming up this is sex and science hour Why do we even take breaks, really? I, I mean, know. there's not, not much of a point except to play these cool chip tunes. Well, eventually, I think some stuff maybe will go in those breaks, we'll but we don't have sure. anything to put in there right now. We're, right. you know, this podcast is a work in progress. By the way, we completely forgot to do this in our first segment, but since we're at the top of the second segment, why don't we use some time for announcements here? Sure. Um, I would like to let everybody know that our website is ready. It's sexandsciencehour.com. Sex and the word and sciencehour.com. And you can go check it out. We have, a, I think, what I think is a really nice um, website you for a podcast. You did it all. It's great work. I built the website. So, you know, if any problems with it, blame me. But uh, yeah, <laughs> basically, it's bare bones website right now. There's not much there, but you can see all of our shows and there's a SoundCloud player embedded in the website so you can listen to our shows on there and we have links to our podcast feeds the ones that we have up and running right now right now about that um (laughs) we have an rss feed actually we have more than one rss feed that works we've got our soundcloud rss feed and now actually um you can put just a SoundCloud URL, soundcloud.com slash sex and science hour into your podcatcher and it'll subscribe to the feed, right? For some of them. For some not, for not some podcatchers, yeah. In the show notes for the season two episodes is the new the newest, freshest uh yes. feed, RSS feed for you to subscribe to. So now I wonder about the point of saying that because if people are hearing this show, this means they're subscribed to us or they're paying no, attention to us. Not- but you might have to update your feed in order to get our shows delivered to you automatically. So yeah. if you want to not miss a show, make sure you subscribe to one of our feeds right. or follow us on SoundCloud or however you listen to um, podcasts. We are working on iTunes. Yes. We're not sure about that yet. The thing is, 
We think we had an iTunes feed before in season one that didn't update with our newest show from season two because... We weren't in we, control of distribution of the show. I don't at the think time. we even created that yeah, feed. <laughs> exactly. No, we just we weren't. It was we were on you know other networks and it, it, that wasn't. It how might that have been out. created by the Let's Talk Bitcoin network. Yes. Yeah. So, so we're working on that. Though I will say, I think April eighteenth. Of course, a lot of people might listen to this after the fact. This is going to release April fifteenth. So, yeah. Right. So on April eighteenth, supposedly Google Play Music is going to release its podcast feed. Oh, well, that's and, on Monday then. Right. And Sex and Science Hour is already approved for that, at least yeah, for now. We might get taken job, down Brian. from it, but, but we are already on that. Oh, please. If we get taken down from Google Play, that would be like the best thing that ever happens to us. Yeah. We're too hot for Google Play. <laughs> Google doesn't like us. We're like an enemy of the state, but we're an enemy of Google. That's right. <laughs> so so if you need the RSS feed, though, it is in the show notes. Also, you can actually go to my website, zog.ninja, uh-huh. and on the sidebar, there's a one on along the left hand sidebar, there is a uh, a section for RSS feeds, and the Sex and Science Hour RSS feed is there as well, so you can find it there too if you like. Very cool. Thanks for that, Brian, yep. and uh, thanks for being on top of our podcast stuff. I'm not very good with tech, but I I try. <laughs> yeah, you just do a tech podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Brian. It's all a sham. Anyway, go ahead. So Brian, we were wrong. Wow, let's talk about a sham. <laughs> <laughs> and we like to admit when we're wrong, at least when we become aware of it um so last time on sex and science hour we last time on sex and science hour (laughs) voice over there um (laughs) last time we talked about um crispr being used to edit hiv out of immune cell genomes correct remember that yes and we were saying oh isn't this great you could just get rid of hiv like that you know you just (laughs) just cut just pop it out you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) but actually um it turns out that that's not completely the whole story i just i saw another article like the day after we recorded that show that said actually it the way that that technology works is kind of more similar to like chemotherapy where since the hiv is a very mutatable virus the viral genome can mutate to and it, of course, the the mutants will get selected because they won't get edited out by the CRISPR. It can actually mutate to avoid being chopped out by the CRISPR right. that's targeted at it. So, um, you know, it might be more of like an, a chemotherapy kind of situation. It might select for the bad guys or <laughs> mutant viruses. But it's a promising technology. And, you know, maybe there might be some way to avoid that in the future. But we were kind of a little wrong or at least we didn't it's, give the whole picture yeah so it's not as effective as was claimed yeah but you know don't this... put on your party hats yet or i do put on your party hats if you're talking about condoms i guess yeah, prevent absolutely. the spread of hiv yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you know just real quick like you know don't be too hard on yourself because honestly like i i think i think news sites do this where they give you a really exciting headline one day and then the next day or within the next few days oh, yeah. they come out with the debunking oh yeah and it's like, about well, that just yeah, hitting it <laughs> right and they give you the hot tagline of you know or, or headline that says well no actually we haven't cured hiv and all that you know and then yeah and, and it just it, it, it's a news cycle it's a perpetual cycle that that keeps you looking at their ads so don't be too hard on yourself well yeah i mean i have to say i did get kind of a, it, like it made me feel good when we read that first article yeah it's exciting <laughs> even though in the back of my mind i was definitely thinking like uh, it, it doesn't seem like it should be that easy you know right. <laughs> like wouldn't there be right. a cure by now if it was that easy but yep there's not <laughs> so Gonna have to keep working there. There we go. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Brian. Um, everything is clickbait now. 
Everything. You know, everything, everything, even science. I mean, the the most sensational scientific articles, even in the scientific journals that get published, mm-hmm. they do almost sort of now have this edge of like you have to have a certain writing style, even in science where it's supposed to be really dry and objective and just factual. Right. You kind of have to like sell it, it a up. little bit. You know, yeah. you have to ma- definitely tailor it to your audience, tailor it to the editors of the journal, tailor it to the reviewers to address their specific concerns. So everything's written for an audience. Everything has a bias in it. And, yes. you know, don't believe everything you read on the internet, kids. That's right. <laughs> or any, everything you read in general. Yeah. In or everything you hear epi- on a podcast. <laughs> in a future episode, I think it would be great for you to talk about the peer review process because mm. it is a mess. For a future episode, we it can do It is a that. mess. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to build that into our show prep because that's going to take a while. Yeah. As a scientist <laughs> yourself, as a biochemist, you are a PhD. That's yes. right. Yeah. Get yeah. a PhD in biochemistry. Um, right. Don't Do not actively work. Well, I guess I work a little actively in science. I do science still writing. still do science. Yeah. I, am, I do do a science writing. I, I write a newsletter uh, co-write it with max pito my buddy and co-worker great man um, genuinely for, great man yeah. yeah it's a it's a human rejuvenation biotechnology update with uh that's done with um sens research foundation and methuselah foundation life extension can't Yay. go wrong with that big fan cryonics and life extension most that is exciting cool, science in the world yeah that is that is cool to to keep up with that and cover what's going on so anyway um okay can handwriting make you smarter? Ooh, what do you think, here's Brian? Some science. Yeah, here's some science. Yeah, I I believe don't want the, to dwell on being wrong too long. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the act of writing itself, may, like I don't know. See, smarter is a funny term, right? Like, does it make you yeah. wiser? What does that mean? Maybe not right? necessarily. Does it allow you to retain more knowledge? Absolutely. I I think it really does. So you think just by the act of writing with your hand versus typing? Yes. It could it could tickle something in your brain that would make you that would give you some beneficial skills. I don't know. We'll see about that. So this is from the Wall Street Journal by Robert Lee Hotz. What a great name. Robert I wanna Hotz. I wanna be like Mrs. Hotz. That's nice. I'm not gonna not gonna marry the Reminds dude. I, he's of, probably married yeah. already. I don't know. <laughs> or well, maybe know, he's gay, who knows? <laughs> I know another uh, boy, a great guy actually, uh, uh, talk about a hero hacker, George Hotz. I mean, this the guy that cracked the iPhone. You got the hots for George Hots. I have the hots for hots, that's for sure. (laughs) All right, so laptops and organizer apps make pen and paper seem antique. Brian, when's the last time you wrote something down on paper? Actually, it's daily. Yeah, you have a little black book, right? Yep, uh, just just really fast. Um, I I don't recommend using password managers. I Actually, I run my own cybersecurity solutions uh, business. Where do people find that? You can go to security.zog.ninja. And I don't recommend using password managers, and I don't recommend, uh, like, storing them in your your web browser either. Like, Chrome puts them in plain text on your computer. It's terrible. Uh, So what I've always recommended for years, almost decades now, I'm not that old, but... Uh, is to write it all down in a one of those little, really tiny moleskines, you know, little little black book. Uh, in fact, you can get the field notes ones that are practically indestructible, and you just, you know, hide it when you don't need it and, and, and all of that, especially today. So you're transferring the risk to sort of physical security. Yeah, Absolutely. But, I mean, it's, you know, the, our 
the world has changed to where, you know, when you get like, say somebody comes after, you know, your stuff and wants to get access to your devices and whatever else, um, they take all the electronics. And in fact, a lot of warrants today don't even let them take anything that isn't electronic. Grab the electronics, get out of there. Good so point, if yeah. everything's stored, if all your stuff's stored on a little black book, first of all, you, you could just light it on fire and then it's gone for all time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and then second off is that most warrants wouldn't cover the taking of, you know, of a little black book. So I, I recommend that. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the last time you wrote something down. I'm trying to... I'm still trying to think of the last time I wrote something down on paper. It, yeah. it had to have been over a week ago, perhaps maybe a month ago. Wow. <laughs> I do not use the little black book method yet. <laughs> maybe I will at some point, yeah. but uh, I have alternative solutions in place. But um, it's un it's infrequent that I write something. Well, I guess, oh, no, today I signed a credit card receipt because I bought go. some takeout food and I paid it for it with a credit card and I but signed it. Your signature. I mean, oh, if it's anything like mine. I was like almost mine, a doctor, honey, yeah. so <laughs> it's, in, it's illegible. Yeah, my signature means nothing. And yeah. it's ridiculous that a signature is any kind of like verification system in the modern yeah. world. But anyway, Oh, I know. Yeah, it's completely ridiculous. Yeah. So anyway, this, this says um, laptops and organizer apps make pen and paper seem antique, but handwriting appears to focus classroom attention and boost learning in a way that typing notes on a keyboard does not, new studies suggest. Sign of students who took handwritten notes generally outperform students who type their notes via computer. Researchers at Princeton University and the University of California at Los Angeles found. Compared with those who type their notes, people who write them out longhand appear to learn better, retain information longer, and readily grasp new ideas. Yeah, now I've heard I've heard about this and that what like what what you can do is is that you can type as fast as the person can talk as mm -hmm. fast as like say a professor could talk. Yeah, I did that. Right. I did that during med school. Right. I went to med school for two years and I typed all my notes. And in college, before that, I wrote hand wrote all my notes. And yeah. I don't know if I learned. I don't. I don't. Didn't notice much of a difference. But I will say this: when you're write when you're drawing something on paper, or when you sorry, when you're writing notes by hand, you can draw diagrams and you can write arrows and connect things and. That can help. Yeah. Well, like uh, apparently when you're writing, since since you can't write at the same speed as the person talking, you're you're taking down the highlights, like the important stuff mm -hmm. as to where otherwise you're just typing out everything. Otherwise, you're just taking a dictation, right? Yeah. And you're not. <laughs> How am I dictate? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank but, you, Chris Rock. Yeah. But if, if you're typing it out, uh, you know, like you're not you're going to look through a bunch of notes that maybe you don't even need and you're not actually going to retain the important stuff as to where if you're writing it out, you are going after the important stuff. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. Yeah. But I, I mean, again, this is a clickbaity headline because sure. they did this study on students. Most well, of us are not listening to lectures and trying to retain the information in our daily life. Maybe we might listen to a podcast, but I don't take notes on podcasts. I learn a lot from them, but I don't take notes on them. Right. And I mean, and I would argue that actually school, the school system that we have, college or lower, uh, is antithetical to any kind of intelligence. So it's uh, not. Yeah, there's a whole <laughs> thing there. <laughs> like, like that's kind of. Yeah. I mean, it kind of has a false premise. And that's like, well, handwriting makes you smarter according to going to college. Yeah. But that doesn't make you smarter. The the learning. Yeah, definitely. The educational system has a leaves a lot to be desired yeah. for. It doesn't serve everybody, you know, in in everybody's really best interest. And there's some valid critiques that it's really meant more to prepare people for being like, you know, for doing sort of a menial job, you know, and not right. necessarily for learning how to think independently yeah, <laughs> and challenge social conventions and norms. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, what do you think, Stephanie? I mean, do, 
do you think that it I'm not about to start whipping out my pencil anytime soon. Ah, <laughs> but then again, most of my work, most of my day is spent talking, honestly. I probably talked for five hours today, yeah. not including this show. Yeah. And my voice is still going, so it's a muscle, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't really see much need to write. And, you know, it's getting to the point where even like writing a check, nah, you don't need to do that. You can auto pay it from your app or whatever. Right. Well, it's it's crazy that you have to write Send a lot some of Bitcoin, right? Yeah, honestly, like some of that stuff is just ridiculous that it's like, yeah. Like no, no sane person would consider those things valid over what you can do digitally. Uh, I mean, communication is a tool, right? It's it. All that matters is that the information is getting across and the information right. is getting reproduced and stored. So as long as it's accomplishing those purposes, I don't really necessarily care how it's done. But I think you might have a different opinion. What do you think, Brian? Oh, I, I think that there is like, there's a very specific muscle set that gets used when you're writing as compared to when you're typing. Like I can type stuff without even thinking about it in, in a very real way mm -hmm. uh, as to where like writing, you know, there is a whole process, you know, that. What that, about that those people who are through. saying like, bring back cursive, uh, the kids. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Got to uh, put my grandpa voice on <laughs> the kids today. Don't learn cursive in school. Well, it's true they don't Back have to. Back in my day, we used to learn cursive. Well, so so there, you know, there's a conspiracy theory around that. In that cursive, like machine uh, machine readers, that that you know that the the NSA and whoever else you know puts uh, letters through and all that stuff, um, that they can't read cursive. Like so that that's that's a theory. <laughs> okay, now that theory I think was true for a time. And the idea is, is that that's why they stopped teaching it is so that people couldn't write, you know, use it as a, as a form of oh encryption. Oh, my God. That is like that seems a little hard to believe. I don't know. Yeah. To, as a conspiracy theory, it's hard to believe. Why wouldn't they but, just take a picture of it? No, well, for a time, it was true that the system, you know, within which that you could, like, say, read a letter without having to open it or something could not read cursive. Uh, but I don't think that's true anymore. As I understand it now, all these machine readers, you know, can read cursive very, very well. Uh, so it's not really an encryption technology anymore. But for a while, cursive was. And so, I, you know, I would say, yeah, learn cursive. Um, well, but yeah, learn encryption. I mean, yeah, no right. matter what form Under it takes, that's auspices. a pretty costly in terms of time way of encrypting your stuff. But I, I remember reading once that the most efficient way of writing by hand is actually a combination of script and block block letters or whatever. Sure. It's sort of like a half and half between cursive and not because you actually spend the least time like lifting your pen on and off of the paper. Right. And that made sense to me. I thought that was pretty cool, but... Yeah. yeah, but most people are interested in efficiency. Like, I mean, if they were, they would be using keyboard nipples. You, you keyboard know. nipples? What is that? Yeah, you, well, you I know, want some. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> like on a, on a ThinkPad. Are those pad. not allowed on Facebook either? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, like on a ThinkPad, you have that little nub. On, oh, in the I always call the that the keyboard clit. Oh, okay. Well, that's good too. Keyboard nipples, <laughs> keyboard looks, clit. Right? It's a little red button in the middle of the keyboard. Damn and there's right. only one of them. And, I don't look it's like very a nipple. Sensitive. It looks like a clit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's very sensitive. Perfect. Right. But so so the purpose of doing that is so that you didn't have to move your hands away from the keys. Same idea. Is so that you didn't have to lift up ah, your pen. Clever. But people don't give a shit. You know, <laughs> like, they, they just go with what kind of what works for them. Um, but yeah, cursive. You well, know, it's good to have I mean, options, you know. Right? Yeah. So as somebody that writes a lot and that I actually like I try to make as much good use of the paper real estate that I have, um, cursive is very inefficient as far as yeah. real estate goes, because like you get 
in print, you can write very small and still understand what's being written. In cursive, you cannot. Yeah, and, that's and, true. And, you know, fuck the machine readers. If my eyes can't read it, it's meaningless. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, I don't mind that cursive's gone, bottom line. But I do think handwriting is, I, I think it, it can, uh, in some ways, make you more knowledgeable. Yes. It can right. help you retain knowledge. Well, what about sleeping late? Does that help you in life? Or does it make you a loser? I'd, I'd say loser. You think no. sleeping late makes you a loser. What time did you get up today? Oh, uh, 8.30. Well, the answer is earlier than I did, so I can't say anything. By, but... by about two hours. But there is about there is actually sort of a social norm about like, you know, you've heard stuff like the early bird catches the worm. And right. like, uh, you know, it's generally associated with success, right? To get up early. Yes. Uh, in right? fact, I remember jump on it. there was like a... Um, you know, not a study, but a, a poll done and like on successful people and the average hours that they slept was like four hours. Four hours? Like, like Donald Trump Jesus only sleeps Christ. four hours. Not to say he's successful. He's gone bankrupt tons of times. But anyway. Well, I wouldn't base any success yeah. on Donald Trump. <laughs> maybe that explains his insanity. But, uh, you know, <laughs> like every politician, I don't want to play favorites. Wow. I mean, I've certainly experienced being so excited to start my work day and loving my business so much that yeah. I can't wait to get out of bed and I'm just raring to go. Absolutely. And that's a great feeling for sure. But it doesn't necessarily make me a morning person. I've sort of had more. I've sort of had both in my life, like definitely for a period of many years um, when I was in college and medical school, I would get up super early, like s- between five and six a.m. Sure. Usually like six or six thirty was sleeping late. And even I would do that on the weekends. Maybe I'd sleep till seven on the weekends just because the gym didn't open that early. But oh yeah, I was a real I was a real party animal real back rat. then. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like completely serious and like just uh, totally nerdy. But anyway, um <laughs> <What> changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little less serious now. Yeah. A little having a little more fun. But that's for sure. But yeah, I would get up really early and I would go to the gym before uh, either work or school. And that worked really well for me at that time. But I would definitely get tired at like, you know, sometime between like 9 and 10 p.m. <laughs> and I'd want to go to bed. And it definitely put a damper on my social life. I didn't have many friends. It made like dating hard. I was sure. single. It was it was pretty pathetic. But, <laughs> but that's what I prioritized. My priority right. was to... Uh, you know, like be really into fitness and be really focused on my work and school and just kind of push everything else aside. And I didn't see it as worth it to be going out and partying with friends at that time. But then, you know, later I've also had periods before and after that where I just kind of slept as late as I want because that's what I felt like doing. I, I thought, you know, um, I can do great work from like one to three a.m. So I'll stay up and work, and then I'll go, then I'll go to bed. Hmm, I'm seeing a pattern here with the work. <laughs> but the point is, you know, I had a period of a couple of years when I sort of quit my nine to five job yeah. in, in science, and um, well, even that wasn't really nine to five. People would come <laughs> into the lab at like ten. But anyway, um, <laughs> when I when I transitioned to working for myself, I had a period of time where I was, I would say decompressing and I would sleep pretty late. I would get up, you know, between 10 and 11 a.m., but I would work late too. You know, my workday didn't end until maybe 7 to 9 p.m. And that was just kind of how it was. It was just shifted a little bit later. And I don't know. I, I have to say, I don't, I feel like maybe I'm ambivalent on which one I like better. It's just sort of whatever, what works best for me at the time. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but there's definitely a sort of a social norm about the earlier you get up, the better. And our society is a society, getting on my soapbox now, our society is a society that doesn't value sleep, even though some people need a lot of sleep. And it's just not conducive to getting it. That was one of the reasons I quit med school, because I knew I wouldn't be able to get oh, enough no sleep way. for yeah. years. And I just wasn't, when, I, when it really came down to it, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I just couldn't function like that. Right. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to do that. So I, so I quit. Um, that wasn't the only reason, but it was one of them. Yeah. And yeah, our society just doesn't value sleep. And a lot of people don't get enough sleep. If you, if people are, are sleeping four hours, how the fuck do you function on four hours of sleep? Well, I think Especially they know. Especially at a high level, like an executive or, or somebody who like Donald Trump fancies himself to be, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think there's a, there's a change happening in that. Like, I think people are realizing that sleep, you know, you got guys like Mark Sisson who, you know, who say that, you know, sleep is going to be like, that's the next health craze. But he's like because... shouting from the rooftops about it. And I don't think people are getting it. Yeah, like yeah. most people on average, the, the amount that they sleep is, is way low. It's seven, six to seven hours is the norm. Most people need eight. I think I need nine sure. to function best right but like i mean when you have companies like google and you have or you know alphabet slash google and you have apple where they are building into their operating systems now um red light filters or mm -hmm. blue light filters technically so that all you see is red on your screen oh yeah I, mean, I think people are starting to i mean yes they need some kind of new feature to to please the investors and to make people think that they're getting something new when really it's the same you know chrome robot turd that you know they bought two years <laughs> ago okay uh there is this is something that people are realizing is that sleep is really important. You know, sleep patterns, getting your body ready for sleep, not just getting good sleep. Uh, all of that is is becoming is becoming important. But you're, but yes, I agree that in the past, the past hundred years, decade, whatever, or decades, uh, that it was not taken seriously, and it really should have been. Well, past hundred years, I don't know, but would you say that people are now? waking up to the problem yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was terrible anyway i brought in this article about it's called late sleepers are tired of being discriminated against and science has their back uh -huh. it's from vox by bryn resnick oh sorry brian resnick god i need to get my eyes checked <laughs> yeah. i'm going next already, week yeah. i have an eye appointment. So you have an appointment i haven't updated my glasses in about five years <laughs> And you look so good with them on. Yes. God, I wish you wear them more. Well, they're just, I just don't like it. It's just no. more comfortable not to have something on your face. Fair I mean, enough. I disagree. But anyway, we live in a world that worships the early riser, says Brian. Think of everything we're told on the virtues of waking up early. The early bird catches the worm. Early to bed, early to rise, makes a man, blah, blah, blah. Healthy, wealthy, and wise, of course. Nice of you to join us today, snarky dictum of teachers and bosses everywhere, <laughs> says, <laughs> says the author. The message is clear. Starting early is the way to get ahead, and lateness is ugly as sin. I would say it's even conflated as sin, you know, because back in the puritanical days, you had to get up early and churn the butter or some shit, you well, know, I, I think <laughs> wake up at the crack of dawn and tend to the cows. And yeah, absolutely. Farming. Yeah, I mean, farming, you do have to start early. You're going to wake up when the roosters start crowing, right, well, in the mor early morning. I think you're hitting at the core of a lot of this. A lot of people don't realize how many things in our society are norms 
or mores based <laughs> upon just, farming, yeah, <laughs> which doesn't really matter anymore. So oh, much yeah. of farming is automated now, and I'm not knocking farmers. You know, <laughs> I love the guys. I'm and gals. I'm just saying. No, they're that, important, but not everybody is a farmer, and society shouldn't be based around their schedule, right? Not yeah, certainly at least not anymore. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if if ever, I mean, but that's a huge conversation. But go ahead. So he says, a couple weeks ago, I reported on the science of chronobiology, which finds we all have an internal clock that keeps us on a consistent sleep and wake cycle. But the key finding, oh, sorry, this is live radio, folks. That's live, right. Straight to mouth to tape. Fuck, we'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> but the key finding is that everyone's clock is not the same. Most people fall in the middle, preferring to sleep around 11 p.m. to 7 a.m., Really? Uh, (laughs) But many, perhaps 40% of the population, don't naturally fit in this schedule. Uh, hello. I don't. (laughs) There are night owls among us, those whose circadian rhythms are shifted later, and morning larks, whose are shifted earlier. If you're curious, you can assess your chronotype with this quiz here. Oh, fun. Let's take a quiz. Oh, Oh, cool. Then they can gather our personal data and know what time we wake up and when we go to sleep. That's right. Like Santa Claus. It's all part of the science. (laughs) These traits are determined by genetics and are extremely hard to change. What's more, the research is finding that if we fight our chronotypes, our health may suffer. But most striking to me wasn't the health implications of messing with your clock. It was the stigma late sleepers face in a society fueled by, ruled by early risers, I exam. Simply put, these late sleepers are tired of being judged for a behavior they can't easily control. If they can't change their sleep patterns, maybe society should become more accepting of them. So there you go. It's like being gay. It's not a choice. That's right. Sleep sleepers unite. More coming up on Sex and Science Hour. back did you miss us for those two seconds that we were away was it even that i sure missed us i missed myself uh, me? <laughs> i i miss you all the time even when you're right next to me brian thanks that's nice <laughs> no i don't have to miss you i'm lucky because we both work at home yes and so we're together all day all and we day. can talk to each other anytime and you know when you have a partner who you love as much as i love you and who's your life partner and who is just your best friend that is the the coolest thing you could ever ask I for agree. to be with them all the time yeah. i don't know I, I know there are people who really need a lot of space but i really love our togetherness and i hope that doesn't sound like a weird clingy red flag <laughs> like we're oh my god we can't be away from each other what are we going to do <laughs> it's not like that we do you know no, sometimes but- we do things separately but it's just nice we're best friends and it's nice to be together all the time yeah and it's funny because a lot of people think like well wouldn't you go insane if you're together all the time and it's no. like uh, no we're best friends you know first and foremost yeah. and you know and then I get it maybe we don't need as much alone time as some other people do yeah sure but i don't know like you you don't I'm a little bit introverted, okay, and sometimes when I'm around people in a social situation, I need, like, time to recharge my batteries afterwards. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be me just by myself. It can certainly be me and you together. It's almost, like, as recharging for me as if I were alone. Well, we're respectful of each other's time. We're respectful of each other's autonomy. I mean, there's just a lot of Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. We love each other. Who cares? (laughs) Nobody wants to hear about our mushiness. (laughs) (laughs) Wipe that off the... The mixer. Oh, shit. 
Oh, speaking of sex. um, Hey, all right. And speaking of discrimination in the workplace. Not my favorite subject. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to tie in with what we were just talking about. All right. New research finds more sex equals higher wages. Doesn't that sound great? All you have to do is, well, maybe if you're a hooker, it equals higher wages. (laughs) With all due respect to Wait, sex is that, workers, is that we love not you. PC? Yeah, shit. I said hook. I'm sorry. Any <laughs> sex workers who may be listening to this, I'm very sorry. I didn't mean any disrespect. Not. I don't. I do not find that there's anything wrong with none being a all. sex worker of any kind. Whether you're, you know, doing full on. I, what do you call it? What's like what? Sex worker isn't descriptive enough because that could mean a lot of different things. What is the PC term for a hooker? Is it a prostitute? No, it's sex worker. But sex worker could mean like a, a foot model, you know. Sex worker could mean what? like someone who works at a Jack Shack or someone who. That's probably not PC either. A shit. Well, I'm just digging myself <laughs> deeper and deeper. Right. So prostitute, I think, is fine. Okay. Uh, like, but but sex worker is is per, is is the, the uh, sex the, worker it's is the anybody word who. Du jour. Okay. So I'm. I'll stick with that. All right. If you're a sex worker, maybe. More sex for you would equal higher wages. It most but this is would. not talking about sex workers, this new study that came out that we're going to talk about. It says, well, actually, <laughs> it's not a new study. This was old show prep from Sex as High as Hour. So this may have been disproven. It's new to you, baby. It's new to you and it's new to me because <laughs> yeah. I forgot about it. People who have sex from Newsnet5.com, the very scientific source. Well, that sounds totally legitimate. <laughs> People who have more sex are more likely to earn higher wages, according to a well, new study from the Institute for the Study of Labor. Right, but are they saying that you, like, if you have more sex, you'll earn more? Or is are they saying that people that earn more have more sex? I don't know. And I'll tell you why, because it's telling me I have to take a survey to read the rest of the story. Oh. This is a sketchy website. Fuck okay. Them. I feel bad. <laughs> I almost like didn't really read this. I kind of read the headline and well, now I'm paying it for it. Ago. I remember talking about it. But okay. I, here's I, the survey question. How frequently do you engage with celebrity news content? I'm going to say not at all. <laughs> Okay, there. Let me read the rest of it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Achievement unlocked. (laughs) Okay. The report looked at data from a year-long study of 7,500 Greek households. Okay, so this is among Greeks. This is okay. It found that people who had sex more than four times a week earned significantly higher wages. The study suggested it could be because people who have frequent sex tend to be happier, have higher self-esteem, and may even have better reasoning ability. What? It also found that this association was higher among people between the ages of 26 and 50 years old. Oh, no shit. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, what a shock. People between 26 and 50 are having more sex. Listen to this last line. This is so bad. The researcher behind the study cautions the findings only show a link between sexual activity and wages. He said that having more sex does not mean you'll get a raise. Oh, you're going to get a raise. It just uh, won't be at your job, yeah, baby. <laughs> no, you got to rise to any occasion. You got to be prepared. <laughs> so, I mean, I think I can't believe I brought this in almost, but we could talk about this. I think it's just a matter of correlation, but not causation. Right. You know, like, and they said that they said having more sex doesn't mean you'll get a raise. But I think, you know. There's a lot of factors that have actually been shown pretty scientifically to correlate with higher income, such as height and attractiveness. Sure. If you're tall and good looking, 
you're going to make more money. That's just how it is. This is an ugly, discriminatory culture. There's a lot of ugly shaming and body shaming and short shaming and all kinds of shit definitely like that. Definitely short shaming. There's definitely discrimination against yep. people for their physical characteristics and a lot of other things. Of course, there's race, class and gender as well. Yeah. The big ones that but you know hi, things like height and attractiveness are are not talked about as frequently as the big 3 race, class, gender, maybe yeah. able-bodiedness, I guess you could say too. Yeah, but, I I don't feel comfortable sharing my own opinions on this because I'm a beautiful 6 foot 1 220 pound you man. are six foot one and tons of fun thank you uh, <laughs> so, now if only you could get a raise <laughs> so i'm just i'm just gonna check my privilege and check out of the... okay you don't want to even talk about this all right <laughs> well i'm just saying I, i'm like... just saying i think this i think what this all this study is saying is something we already knew from other research which is that people who are already good looking and perhaps even tall and in good shape yes height weight proportionate and all that um, are more likely to, A, earn more money, and also more likely to, B, attract more sex. <laughs> yes. Right? Is that surprising? No, not at all. Right. And and I think a lot of like the body type stuff has way more to do with finance and sex, which is what you're saying, mm-hmm. um, than anything else. And also, if you have more money, you can probably afford to like maybe work out or take, eat, eat better. Yeah, and Take the time to even fuck more. And yeah. <laughs> And when we say attractive, what we mean is obviously like conforming to social norms of beauty. Yes. Those conventional beauty norms, you know. Yep. I've always found that, let me tell you a secret, as a lifelong nerd, okay, I've always found that- talking about me or you? No, me. Oh, okay. This is in my personal experience. As a lifelong nerd who has been quite, I would say, unattractive by societal standards and also quite attractive by societal standards- when I've had the opportunity to sleep with people who are good looking, who are like maybe the jock from high school, nah. not saying that I did that with any of the jocks from my high school, because I definitely didn't, but nah. <laughs> people who could have been the jock in their high school, you know, just people who, who have that look like they've always been good looking. Sure. And they maybe even take it for granted a little bit. Stand they able. have been the worst partners, just my least favorite partners. It was such a letdown too, because I thought, oh, they're so hot. This is going to be great. But then it was very disappointing. And I think it's because they've never had to really try hard. There's an arms race, if you will. You know, people want to, people who don't necessarily have it in the looks department, they try to make up for it in the caring for their partner department. And I think that's a real thing. I would like to back that up with some evidence. Okay. And I'm presenting exhibit A. Revenge of the Show Nerds. <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, yeah, great one. Lou yeah. Skolnick and Betty. Albeit <laughs> it's a little bit creepy because Lou sleeps with her. Because he fooled her. It's yeah. a little rapey. Yeah, he yeah. fools her into thinking but, that he's her boyfriend because he has a mask on when he fucks her. Right. Because we're in the House of Mirrors. Yeah, but uh they end up getting married later so it's fine i'm just kidding. no it's not <laughs> okay. that's not why it's fine <laughs> afterwards she finds afterwards she goes oh my god and she says are all nerds this good and he's like yeah <laughs> yeah she's, she's like, not even mad that he tricked her because right. he was so good and so damn good and she's like well, why it's like well it's because all jocks think about is sports and all nerds <laughs> think about is sex and i'm like well that's certainly been true in my life <laughs> i've lived by that a simple distinction but yeah i think there might be some truth to that so anyway Thank you for not retracting exhibit a let's continue <laughs> Um, so this is a great story. Okay. We're going to end off the show with this, but it's, we're going out with a bang. Okay. The only way we go. Listen to this headline from Ars Technica. 
nationwide radio station hack airs hours of <laughs> vulgar, furry sex ramblings. <laughs> Listeners hear explicit audio caused when station equipment is commandeered. You can guess what happened. A group of hackers basically took over a radio station and broadcast furry porn. So here's the details. And this yeah, because is- how many stations was this? A bunch. It was like a a top 40 radio station. So it was a lot of people heard this. Right. (laughs) So um, this is by Dan, Dan Gooden. Oh, God, I exam cannot come soon enough. Dan Gooden wrote this story for Ars Technica. Some Tuesday morning listeners of KFIT, a top 40 radio station located in Breckenridge, Colorado, were treated to a radically different programming menu than they were used to. <laughs> Instead of the normal fare from Taylor Swift, the Chainsmokers, or other pop stars, who are the, who are the Chainsmokers? I've never I heard know. of that. Yeah. A hack by an unknown party caused one of the station's signals to broadcast a sexually explicit podcast related to the erotic attraction to furry creatures. Characters. <laughs> the unauthorized broadcast lasted for about 90 minutes. 90 minutes. <laughs> That's a record. KFIT wasn't the only station to be hit by the hack. On the same day, Livingston, Texas-based country music station KXAX. Also <laughs> putting those X's to work. <laughs> also, KXAX. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Let's try saying that. Also broadcast raunchy, furry-themed audio. And according to an article posted Wednesday by radio industry news site RadioInsight.com, the unauthorized broadcast from a hobbyist group called Furcast <laughs> were also forced. It just gets better. We're also forced on an unnamed station in Denver and an unidentified ra- national syndicator. <laughs> I mean, how did this go down? Like. Tails, tails. Yes, Sonic. Tails, <laughs> get on top of Amy right now. I have no idea, and I'm really glad I haven't found this out because well, this I is not my t- thing. <laughs> no, not shaming you if you are, okay? No, if you're into it, but you're into it. It's not everybody's thing. It's certainly not mine. I'm not familiar with this world. Oh, man. All in all, the fur cast aired for an hour, possibly two. Jason McClelland, owner and general manager of the K Zacks radio group, wrote in an email. During that time, they talked about sex with two guys and a girl in explicit details and rambled on with vulgar language, not really having much of a point to the podcast. I'm assuming there was no real reason for this hack. Tails deep here with those fox tails. <laughs> you know, we we actually know someone who had a website where he sold butt plugs with tails coming out, and he had like this double ones and triple ones. And yeah, not my thing. Wonder whatever happened to that. I'm curious now. Uh, well, we, don't we should need... get an affiliate link. Uh, I, hmm. uh, so, <laughs> anyway, McLellan said, "Oh, did you have more?" Well, you can keep reading if you want to read, but I like I wanted to break into why exactly this happened. Yes, why did this happen? So there's, I mean, other than it just being funny. Yeah. You know, and actually, it would have been great if, you know, somebody started playing uh, like an episode of Sovereign Tech or Sex and Science Hour over, you know, over the airwaves on top. <laughs> Not that we're radio. encouraging any illegal behavior no, no, of that no, nature or anything. Completely discouraging any kind of pirate radio activity. Uh, uh, wink, wink. So, <laughs> But the, community stations are legal, right? Yeah. <laughs> so why this happened is, is because companies like Clear Channel and others, which are these now, you know, veritable radio conglomerates are automating most of these top 40 stations. Ah. Like they are, there's nobody in those rooms. Becoming a target for furry hackers. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, but there's nobody in these rooms. And so you can, you know, if you quote unquote hack into, you know, into one radio station, you could likely get access to tons of them, you, you know, just from the one. <laughs> this is good. I have to hand it to whoever pulled this off. I think it's funny. Okay. I oh, think yeah. it's really yeah, yeah, funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Can you I, imagine somebody tunes into a country music station and instead they hear Sonic, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a rash and pipple from Battletoads or something, you know, going at it. But, Can you just imagine this guy going hunting like early in the morning and he's driving down the highway, he thinks he's alone, he's like, I'm gonna listen I'm gonna listen to some country music. Are you kidding me? It'd help him on the hunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hearing, true. He'd be hearing deers fucking, and he or deer, <laughs> not deers. <laughs> yeah. He turns on the radio. He's like, "What in the hell is this? <laughs> I didn't sign up for that." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just goes to show. I mean, radio is is a dying medium, which is a pity because the technology is really the ultimate decentralized technology, uh, and and it's still really viable. But but it is well a with dying the FCC, medium. it's been centralized into certain stations. What's that book about the history of radio and how it got centralized? And how oh, there's a book. Oh, now now I can't remember. Yeah, of course uh, the pressure's on. So through the magic of radio, the book is the Master Switch by Tim Wu and also by Jesse Jesse Walker. It's Rebels on the Air. Both great books on radio. We're done here on Sex and Science Hour, but there's more coming up on the after show so yeah stay tuned if not we'll see you next week you've just heard sex and science hour game over play again next week I, I think we're really getting back on the bicycle fast. It's like riding a bike or something like that. That's right. So the after show, in case you weren't aware, is uh, where we play it even more fast and loose than the regular show. Doesn't that there. sound a little and we are pl- what? fast and loose? I don't know. Doesn't that sound a little crass? What do you mean by that? How how does it sound crass? Like a loose... Yeah. Like a loose... Like, like isn't it kind of like saying like... Like that easy and, and like open. a fast and loose woman. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Well, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of wondering. Um, I mean, I wasn't thinking of it that way. <laughs> well, right. But it's not about what you think. It's about what everybody else thinks. No, okay. I, I, I'm kidding. That's yes, not that true, is what but... it's about in life. <laughs> um, Some would say. That that's... <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we're just going to. How about this? We're going to relax even a little bit more. Right. On the after show. And we're going to talk about some stuff that people bought through our Amazon link. And if you want to be on our after show, you can. If you want to, st- if you want to stop listening right now, you can too. Yes. If you don't want to hear us talk about anything that might the gall potentially make us money, right? <laughs> you can turn the podcast off right now, and then you'll still have gotten a whole show for free. That's... Fucking commie! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> totally kidding. Totally, yeah, totally kidding. kidding. I love commies. Well, I like... <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, they're people just like everybody That's else. That's right. They're people too. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, 
We are going to talk about stuff that people bought through our Amazon link. Yeah, let's do it. And if you it. want to participate in it, if you want to be featured on our show anonymously, of course, like Brian was saying, because we can't see who bought it, but we can see what was bought. And so we're going to talk about what was bought and doing a little entertaining after show as well. Yeah. This is like my seventh hour of talking today. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, if my voice sounds a little... Right. A little fatigue. That's maybe well, why. But I was going to say, like, you know, granted, we, you know, we don't know who you are, but we may use certain epithets to describe you throughout the day. Like when oh. somebody buys something, we'll be like, oh, that's sick. Fuck. Like, <laughs> I cannot believe they bought that. Uh, so, I mean, I can't we will believe have names they bought you. a hard drive. Yeah. I can't believe they outrageous. bought duct tape. What are they planning to do with that? Yes. But if you do want to be featured, sexandsciencehour.com, there's, uh, there's an Amazon wish list uh, link there. Yes. And you can get to that. No, it's not an Amazon wish list link. Or, it's sorry, an Amazon Associates link. So, yeah. And you can get to that by going to shop.sexandsciencehour.com. That, that link. Oh, fuck. You're right. Stuff. Got, yeah. Rewind. I'm a, such a bad podcaster. I'm just going <laughs> to leave that in because we go mouth to tape here. Yeah. But, okay, if you want to be on our after show, <laughs> go to the right URL. It's stuff. That's sex and science hour.com. Thank you for reminding me, Brian. Yeah, stuff to, Where yeah, would I be without you? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> Sorry, all I can think of was the human caterpillar. And that was just when you said Malcolm. Go to human caterpillar. <laughs> like, sex and science hour. It's like you don't understand. It was six people. Mouth to ass. <laughs> Mouth to ass. <laughs> Wait a minute. Isn't that the human centipede, not the Sorry, human caterpillar? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's the human said I, I don't watch this shit. <laughs> oh, Best moment. For fuck's oh, sake. that was really good. Yeah, give me. Star You're Trek tired too. Well, it's been a long week. Look at Oh yeah, this is just a fun, silly show. Okay, you that's can't right. Take us too seriously. That should be in the disclaimer. Yeah. Okay, okay, so what did people buy, stuff, Stephanie? Stuff. That's, <laughs> okay, so that's the on. problem. I'm trying to explain this. Right. We are playing it so. Fast and loose, I'll just say, for lack of a better it. term, on the after show, that I haven't even pulled up the report on how what people have bought yet. So yeah. you're just going to have to be patient, and we're going to have to vamp for a little while. But but luckily, well, are you going to discipline me for say, being a bad podcast? That term does not, does not follow the University of New Hampshire's guidelines. Oh, and, and this, that's that right. That is unacceptable. We're going to be playing uh, PC bingo here. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> All right. No, no, but, but please continue. I'm, I'm very curious. So I can't continue because I'm trying to still pull it up. But here's oh, the deal. the internet here. <laughs> yeah, we can blame the internet if you like. But here's the deal. We don't just have stuff from stuff.sexandsciencehour.com on our after show. We actually have more because, yes, this is part of our strategy to make money from our silly little podcast. And maybe, you know. Maybe we can dream big. Maybe someday we'll meet, be making the big bucks. We'll be raking in the big bucks from our podcast. Maybe we'll get a market signal that we're just that entertaining and people want to be on our after show. We certainly hope so. We're going to try it and see how it works. But um, Like some of those kind people that donated Bitcoin through the oh, Sex and Science yeah, Hour Oh, yeah, we got Bitcoins this week. Oh, yeah, it rained. That, nice? that was that so was really nice. nice. Thank so you. So there is a Bitcoin address also in the show notes and at Sex and Science Yes, Hour. Um, thank yeah. you very much for that. We definitely appreciate Bitcoin tips, but we're also realistic, and we know that you know not everybody remembers to tip, and that's okay, because I don't remember to tip all yeah, the time shit. either. <laughs> you know, we'll certainly take it, and we'll thank you for it, but we're not going to expect that to, to sustain us alone. 
for right. our show. So we're going to make an after show out of talking about our Amazon stuff. But uh, but we don't just have that. I was trying to get to this point, but it just wasn't coming. I mean, don't you hate it hate when, it that, when happens? that happens? Yeah. <laughs> like when you just wake up in the morning. <laughs> Please. Just some splooge. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> to the bed. Just, just some furry bit. podcasts on the radio. <laughs> just something. All right. Um, <laughs> wow, I almost forgot what I was yeah. Um Oh, yeah. So the point was that we don't just have Amazon stuff. We have our own products that we sell, too. And you can help enrich us, let's just say. You can help. Um, help enrich us? <laughs> yeah, you can help. I don't want to say support us because it sounds like we're like, please support us for this poor podcasters. No, we have our own stuff that we do outside of podcasts. That's we true. don't expect our podcast to be our source of income to make a living off of. But, true. Um, you know, help help uh, yeah, give us a little give us a little taste, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Something. I don't know. I, people are going to take that the wrong way. But uh, yeah, good point. Yeah. I mean, like if you wanted to buy products, say, from me. Well, uh, right. OK, let's put this a different way. We have stuff that can make your life better. If only you would buy it from us. Right. Yeah. And I'd when say. you buy stuff from us. We will give you more value than what you paid. We'll make your life better more in excess of the money that you've given us. How's that for a pitch? Okay. Because that's what all voluntary exchanges are about. It's like you'd rather have this thing that you bought than have the money that well, you bought it's about value for value, yeah. Right. And um, not just that, it makes both people better off, right? Sure, sure, absolutely. So I have voice. I have a voice. <laughs> You, do, you yes. can buy my, you can rent my voice. You can't yes. buy my voice, but you can rent you my voice. Voice you can, hooker. You can, yeah, sort of. <laughs> um, you can make me say almost anything you want. It's subject to my approval, of course, but, you know, I'm pretty flexible on that. Yeah, you've gotten a couple things where you're like. <laughs> I, I mean, I wasn't willing to do the erotic Hansel and Gretel rendition with the witch that shoves them into the oven in the gingerbread house, well, but. That, didn't a guy, didn't a guy like, like email you through your website mm -hmm. and say, okay, this is for my wife and I want oh. you, I want you to, to read this yes. for my wife. I, I, I was willing to do that. I gave him a quote. It's just, oh, we didn't, we didn't match up that. on price. He said he only had this much in his budget. And I said, well, I'm not willing to do it for you that are much. A vocal prostitute. Well, Phonography. I don't work for free. Hey, hey, all right. So yes, smvoice.info, right? And, and smvoice.info is my voice website. You can even email me at show at sexandsciencehour.com if you really want to. But only want the to highest rates. I mean, like <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm. I would say I like my rates are fair. Yes, I will give you more value than I charge you. That's Absolutely. the point. And I do a damn good voiceover if I say my do say so myself. I'll I'm always so trying you. to improve and get better. I know that there's lots I still have to learn, of course, but I think I can do a, a pretty good voiceover no, for I, your explainer video, for your audiobook, for your phone system. Oh my gosh. I there are these two clients I have. They're adorable. They're a couple and they're two guys, okay? Yeah. And they both have businesses, okay, and one of them hired me for his phone system for his business. In yeah. case you couldn't tell they're gay. <laughs> Well, they could be bisexual, but in this case, they are both very gay. I was told <laughs> 100%. In, in radio school that you have to be very explicit and, and very descriptive of the situation. Oh, yeah. So. Where'd you go to radio school from? <laughs> Let me see your credentials. Pull down your pants. You're on the cast I, couch. I have all the credentials <laughs> I've ever needed in life. <laughs> so um, 
they have this story where, you know, one of them hired me for his phone system for his business. And the other one goes, he sees me, he goes, oh, my gosh, I call I call his business all the time just so I can talk to Stephanie. (laughs) And I talk to Stephanie. I press one and then I talk to Stephanie again. And then I talk to whoever I want to talk to. I love it. (laughs) It's great. They're great guys. So if you want a voiceover from me, I can help you out with that. Get in touch with me. That's right. And I mean, yeah, I'm. I've, it's it's just complicated to tell you like how much I charge because I, I do a lot of different things. It depends on the length. Just get in touch with me. It's easier that way. Yes. Brian, you have stuff too. You're you done have... whoring yourself out? Yeah, for yeah. the moment. <laughs> just for a couple minutes, sure. All right. uh, yes, I, I, have my, I have stuff too. I have lots of stuff. Um, ZOG.Ninja, of course, is where you can find everything I do. Um, but I have two video games that I've released so far. There's Hypercronius and Ninja Trek. And they are sexy, uh, and my voice is in them. Yes, actually. You, <laughs> actually, your voice is in both of them, um, even That's though right. initially it wasn't supposed to be in the second one. Uh, I was honored to be able to have it in there. But um, both both of their RPGs, classic RPGs, like if you loved uh, classic Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest, Dragon Warrior, uh, you'd love these games. And they're very, very sexy. Definitely not, not stuff for the kiddles, I'll admit that. Uh, but I also have um, Audio of the Ancients, which you can find if you want to go directly to that, audiotheancients.xyz. That is your cool project to rival William Shatner. Well... I definitely took inspiration from, from Mr. Shatner. Um, and he, like he did, he's done albums where he does dramatic uh, representations of, of songs, of, poetic of, readings of songs, yeah, yeah. Of songs or even plays and, oh. and with, with music behind, behind it. And so I have done, uh, I take ancient texts. Uh, so far I have the dream stealer of Tutmos the fourth. And I also have, um, uh, what's the other one I have? Oh, right. The Descent of Ishtar. <laughs> the Descent of Ishtar, yeah. <laughs> the Descent of Ishtar. And I you're working the, on the whole Epic of Gilgamesh. And I'm doing the, the Epic of Gilgamesh in its entirety. Uh, and, That's cool. Yeah, and so... The music is really good. Like, usually... I, I do is, all original music. Is that I do it first, all myself. Is that your first music that you've composed? Uh, I'll say yes. Technically not, but I'll just say yes that it is the first music I've I mean, composed. it's really good. Like, it doesn't sound to me like it's your first album, but... Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. So you're good. I'll endorse your product. You. Yeah. So both of those, th- those are things that you can buy uh, from from me that I that I have produced. And there's more to come. I have Hypercronius 2s coming out this year. Uh, and the, the aforementioned Epic of Gilgamesh. I'm also doing the Book of Enoch. I, a whole slew of things. Oh, the Book of Enoch. That, that oh, is coming down the pike. I didn't know about that one. Yeah. Wow, that was so secret. <laughs> voice, I didn't even know. Right on. And I'm a voice artist as well. And you can find a link for that at ZOG.Ninja. You know... That's a good thing to promote because um, sometimes people hire us together for voiceover. Like yes. when there's a, a video or something or even a script or, of some kind that has a male and a female character. Right. And they're bouncing back and forth. They're talking to each other. There's dialogue. We can do that together as a team. Yes. And I think we do a good job of that, too. Yes, I agree. We just did one recently. Yeah, Can very, we talk about very, it? I'm not sure. I don't think we should talk about it. Okay, well, we'll share it when we do. But yes. it's it's for something that's really, I feel confident about. I mean, we've done some, some questionable projects, I would say. Yeah, there's been some questionable There have been a few, but this one I feel really good about. It's actually a charitable um, organization, so yeah. we won't say any more than that. But There we go. Anyway, um, we have that. And I guess I'm not done whoring myself out because I do have audiobooks as well. 
I have always, oh, yeah. you so have you don't even Bitcoin. have to like hire me for a voiceover. If you want to listen to me talk for 10 hours, you can, you can buy the ultimate Bitcoin business guide, which is one of my most recent audiobooks right. that I did. Also the audiobook that I'd made of, um, ending aging, the, uh, Written Very by exciting. Aubrey de Grey, the um, Sens Research Foundation founder. Yeah, talking about longevity, uh, yep. human longevity Strategies research. to uh, extend human lifespan. That was a cool book. That's like a 20-hour book. It's an amazing. Listen to me talk for 20 read. hours. My voice got really tired then. Yeah, but I could listen to you for that long, easy. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, if you just search for Stephanie Murphy on Audible, you'll see some books that aren't by me, but a lot of books that are narrated by me. Yeah, even a couple of Bitcoin books. Yes, Book of oh, Satoshi. Book uh, of Bitcoin Satoshi, Business that's a Guide. popular one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'll be coming out, I'm narrating the Passive Income book by Steve Pavlina. That's uh, coming out, that's going to be out this summer. Very nice. Um, I also have one lesbian romance that I did as Stephanie Murphy, do, do, which do, is do, maybe do, confusing do. for my brand, but oh, well, whatever, <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. Um, it's called Seven Minutes in Heaven. That was a good one. And then I've got another lesbian romance coming out called uh, French Lessons. It's about a woman who inherits a chateau in France. I like it already. And when she gets there, she finds a sexy British girl inhabiting the house that she didn't know was there. And is there a French maid? <laughs> there is not a French maid, but there is a French housekeeper. Uh, who, the whole thing, there's like a total a plot twist. All the characters are women and they're all lesbians. Oh, this is great. It's great. Yeah. yeah. And it has a plot. It's a it's a great book. So that's called French Lessons, and that's coming out very soon within the next couple of weeks. Right so on. anyway, okay, we've pimped our stuff enough. I have finally pulled up this report. Okay, that's awesome. Let's get to it. Oh, this is the moment of truth we've been all been waiting for. Da-na-na. Okay, so what did you perverts buy through <laughs> the stuff dot sex and science hour stuff dot sex and science hour dot com link? Well. Here's something that's exciting. In the books category, we have Vampire, the Masquerade Collector's Box Set. Wow. Fuck yeah. It's okay. a, It looks like some kind of... No, I know what it is. It's by Neil Gaiman. Mark Ryan Hagen is the author. Yeah, so With Vampire... F- mm-hmm. No, Vamp- you go ahead, explain it. Yeah, Vampire the Masquerade was, uh, was a, a... It's an RPG. Uh, oh. but, but RPG like Dungeons and Dragons, it's tabletop. Oh. Uh, it's fantastic. It was uh, done by White Wolf uh, Productions. I, I am a big, big fan. I mean, you have the uh, the Gangrels and the. Uh, I'd have to remember all of them. They even made an awesome TV show. That boy, if some if anybody hasn't seen this, Fox has a history of canning great TV shows before <laughs> their time mm-hmm. is over. But um, they they made a show out of Vampire the Masquerade. It was called Kindred the Embraced. Oh shit! It was so so good. I wow! I had no 90s, idea about any of this. Yeah, in the nineties, I bought the VHS tapes because they actually had a couple episodes that weren't even aired on Fox. Um, Aaron Spelling actually made it, who was famous for doing nine hundred two one zero Melrose Place and all that. Wow! Uh, See, I had no idea. I was just going to pick an item off the list, and you would know all this random trivia about it. That's this great. Is, <laughs> this is why I podcast. No. <laughs> but yeah, Vampire the Masquerade, great D twenty system. Now, uh, I just I I love it so. Uh, good on you. Well, that's cool. Here's another cool thing. And this is, I would have never known this until I looked at it, but it's a hairbrush where the bristles like retract so you can clean it. You can just wipe it off. Yeah. You just <laughs> sweet it out, wipe it out. Sweet it out. <laughs> Inside <You> just, joke. <laughs> you just wipe the hair off. Like the bristles go down into the brush and then you just brush it off. Yeah. See, I, I see, I can't talk about this. Because you don't have hair. I don't have any hair. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. 
But this would be really useful for someone like me if only the bristles were good for curly hair. Because curly hair is like, okay, it's really high maintenance. I have beautiful curly hair. I'm mm. very happy with what I got genetically. So am I. And it's natural. And um, it's it's quite curly. It's not, it's really not to the level. I mean, I'm still a white girl, okay? So it's not like so curly that it's very, very big and even more difficult to manage. The degree of curl is moderate for a human and very curly for a white girl, let's just say. There we go. <laughs> okay. Um, so but not I, for a Jew. Uh, well, there is that that yeah. thrown in there. I, was, I wasn't going to go there, but okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Your hair is probably curlier than mine, actually. Your My hair is hair, very thick and very curly. It is a Brillo pad. If you only let pad. it grow out. And it's it is, a Brillo it pad. It totally yeah. comes from my Jewish ethnicity that I don't give a shit about. But it's... Aww. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess we're not religious. Okay, we're both yeah. It's, just, it's tough. You got to be clear. Jewish, whatever that means, and well, right. Like, I mean, if you say that you're Italian, I guess maybe some people would assume you're Catholic or something. But most of the time, it doesn't come with the connotation that you're automatically religious. As where if I talk about my you know historical ethnicity, uh, it, it has connotations. That, but it's that all I such bullshit. Clear. Like, what is, is it? I'm saying. What does it mean to be Jewish? Are there is there a set of genetic markers? It's just basically, oh, your mother was Jewish, right? No, it means so, you're part of a conspiracy to control the world. That's I don't what it means. think I. Nobody sent me the memo on that. I didn't get any email. Maybe it went into my spam. I don't know. Well, another conversation for another time. <laughs> anyway, curly hair is high maintenance, yeah. dude. But when I learned how to take care of it, it really flourished. Like. Yes. To get it long, so I'll give you some curly hair tips. If there's any ladies or even guys listening who have curly hair, it can't, you can't care for it the same way that you can care for straight hair in mm -hmm. like that everybody teaches you. What you learn if you have straight hair, and actually the dominant culture in America is white Europeans with straight hair. So that's what, that's the narrative about taking care of your hair that you learn. So you learn you got to shampoo it regularly, every day, preferably. You got to blow dry it. Twice a day, I you think. You got to cut it every month, mm -hmm. chop it. And um, if it falls out, there's nothing you can do about it. And if you can't get to a certain length, well, there's nothing you can do about that either because that's genetic. And uh, once it starts to get gray, definitely color it. You know, there's the, those are all like the hair care tips, right? Oh, and brush your hair. Um, brushing your hair 100 strokes dry can make it shiny sometimes, but that's more like an old wives' tale. <laughs> this is the cultural stuff. So... When you have straight hair, maybe some of that stuff works okay for you. Um, the brushing probably being the most, most, the biggest thing because sure. that can sort of redistribute the oils. But when you have curly hair, it's just different. It's it's way more prone to breakage. It's more brittle. It's more porous, meaning it absorbs things like water, even dyes more um, more readily. And that can change the consistency, the shape. That can also influence how likely it is to break or split at the ends. And, like, the oil doesn't go to the ends. The ends get really dry. Sometimes the scalp will get oily and the ends will be super dry. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're shampooing a lot because when you shampoo, it just stimulates the oil production. So what I learned to do is just screw all that advice from the culture and stop using shampoo. Fuck all that noise. I use I use what's co sometimes called like a, a co-wash, I guess, where basically I just use conditioner instead of shampoo. And that dissolves the oils at the top and allows them to redistribute because like dissolves like. So conditioner's creamy. It dissolves the oil. 
I love this as a science geek. And it redistributes it throughout the hair. And I only brush my hair when it's wet and it has conditioner in it. There's different philosophies about brushing your hair wet versus dry. But with curly hair, you don't want to brush it when it's dry because that'll just make it frizz really bad. Right. So what you can do is just use this conditioner. Let it air dry. Don't touch it while it's drying. Put like a cream in it as a leave-in conditioner and as a styling product. And you can keep your, like, you can go a couple days and your hair will still look good. And you don't have to rewash it. You can keep your curls looking good for several days. And then you also don't damage your hair that way. And it gets really long. It can get longer than you thought it could get. My hair got way longer than I thought it could ever get. Mm-hmm. And it, longer than it, it had ever been. Long. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's I, yes. I love long hair. I think for any woman... Call me old-fashioned or sexist or whatever, but I just think old, long hair on women is the like my personal favorite. Sure, like I just think it makes any woman look instantly more beautiful to me when I see a woman with long hair. The longer, the better. Yeah, I'm definitely more of like a Persis Combata kind of guy from Star Trek. What does that mean? <laughs> where she played a Delton, uh-huh. and she's, and she's just, bald, and she's bald. Yeah, you know, bald you don't care about the hair. It's just like, yeah, all right. That, that's you're not hot. looking at her face anyway. No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I mean, not to say Whoa. the Persis Combata didn't look great. Yeah, there's a lot of bugs in that light. I was just looking. There's a there's something crawling around in the studio light above our heads. This is why we <laughs> should turn the lights off and just do the show. Oh, and just then just it might fly into our there. faces. Yeah. Anyway, what's uh, what do we got next on the list? We got anything else? Um, oh, yeah, I've yacked about my hair quite a bit, but um, <laughs> uh, we can I, could, cut it. I could talk about some of my hair products sometime, but maybe not. Maybe for next time. I'll talk about that later. Um, anyway, there is a hard drive, four terabytes. <laughs> right on. Starbucks, hot cocoa, salted caramel, seven ounce. Salted caramel is one of the most popular flavors, and I just hate caramel. I don't know what to say about that. Do you like it? Do I like caramel? Yeah. yeah. It's not like the top of my list, but it's What not about bad. salted caramel? Do you think the salt makes a difference? Yeah. Yeah, it tastes better. It probably has something where it helps the caramel caramelify, caramelize. <laughs> caramel, like, I gotta look at it. That's a crazy word. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, not bad. What? Yeah, what else? Okay, so somebody bought this book called Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. Ah. Uh, have you read that book? It's I, by Robert Cialdini. No, I haven't. Cialdini, ha- I don't know how you pronounce his name. I, I haven't read it, but uh, I might have it. I have. I have read the book, but I read it over 10 years ago, and I don't remember it, yeah. <laughs> what much about it, what it was about. But it's a very famous book about getting people to do stuff. <laughs> and now it's on Kindle. Yeah, how Influence, about that? The Psychology of Persuasion. There we go. He's got to have an audio book of that somewhere. I don't know. If not. It's old enough that he, he yeah. should. But anyway, um, we've had, oh, this is interesting. We have the Decorate Me Clock. Which, this is a kid's clock. Where you can put like rhinestones on the clock and decorate it. That's pretty cool. I mean, that doesn't necessarily have to be for kids. No, no. I would probably use that for instance, except I don't really (laughs) care what time it is because I'm on Anarchist Standard Time. (laughs) It's called ass. (laughs) It's called ass? Wait, what's called ass? Anarchist Standard Time. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Very astute. Yeah, I'm getting tired now. Okay, we'll we'll wrap up pretty soon. But here's right. here's what else we got. We got the Presto pressure cooker slash canner slash pressure regu- regulator. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like so that. somebody's doing some canning, right? We maybe got some preppers in our audience canning their own food. Oh, the irony. <laughs> 
Um, we have, <laughs> you know, all right. So <laughs> wearable technology is coming up next, but yes, tell me B- before we get into the wearable technology, like, cause I had a sovereign tech Amazon list and like, I would get shocked at times and like people buying like some of the books that, that I, I would hear about, like they would get bought and whatever, like a lot of it would be prepper stuff. Or be like, what to do when the shit hits the fan and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, people are really listening and taking in what I talk about on my show <laughs> because we're fucked. You know? Oh, man. <laughs> I just I always think it's fantastic <laughs> when I see that. Anyway, go ahead. So I'm going to save like half this list for maybe our next show because I think we might record another show before too much more stuff appears. But So I'll just stop halfway down. But um, somebody got this thing called the Misfit Wearables Flash Fitness and Sleep Monitor. Ah. Now, maybe they did this just to piss you off because, you know, you have talked on your show, Sovereign Tech, many times about the silliness of Fitbits and things like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like they're sleep monitors in particular. They they are they are dumb devices, but they're too dumb. Like a lot of times you want a dumb technology, but this is not that that time. The quantified self movement I don't agree with. If you do if you like it, if people like it, cool. Go ahead and like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that the data can get used in court uh you know against you or for you. I know it could be used uh, positively as well, I suppose. Um I don't appreciate that. I would I would much more argue, you know, that 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 data should not be permissible anywhere. It shouldn't even be revealed. Um, but also the fact that, uh, there's been a Steve Gibson, personal hero of mine who does the security now podcast, my personal favorite podcast. Uh, he's, he does tons of research on sleep, you know, on sleep, sleep cycles, all that. And he said that all of these things, the, these trackers, none of them really work. Uh, and that they really? don't, they don't know the difference. Between, so they're just garbage in garbage out. They're yeah, spitting out useless all, data right all they're doing is measuring your arm movements but they don't know if you're on the dance floor or if you're you wow know, if you're doing the horizontal <laughs> polka they have no idea uh so well that's kind of a good thing if you're interested in privacy i guess but if you're yeah. interested in getting accurate data maybe it's not yeah so this I, thing I, only got two stars on amazon or no three stars out of 2500 customer reviews it got three stars wow. on amazon does it, does it give the price it was cheap, yeah. It's it's thirty bucks. thirty dollars thirty bucks twenty seven nineteen plus seven ninety nine. Yeah, I think it's out of China, and it's like it's as good as a Fitbit. It's called the Misfit, so yeah, I can see the name. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of cute. Yeah, I think I've heard about. It. I think uh, it's as good as a Fitbit, but that's not saying much. That's what it sounds like, right? That's my point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what can this thing do? Sporty design, yeah, yeah. Measures daily activity and sleep syncs with your smartphone to show steps, distance traveled, and calories burned. Ready to track you. Brian, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how much distance I traveled today or how many calories I burned. How many steps you you took? Actually, I would like to know how many calories I burned so I can know how much to eat. Because I do track my food sometimes when I'm just watching my weight, you know? Well, all right. You know what? I'll just say this quick. Um, and I've said this on my own show before, but if that data was kept to you, like on your own home server or on your own hard drive or something like that, like all of these, so many of these internet of things, quantified self technologies, all that stuff. If it was only data that did not get shared to other people and you were allowed to keep it. I really wouldn't have a problem with it. Like, in fact, like the, like what Fitbits do and, you know, and like even the Apple watch and all this stuff, Casio made watches 20, 30 years ago that could do all of this stuff. 
The thing is, is it didn't connect to an app. Mm. It didn't even get, it likely didn't even connect to your computer. It just kind of told you on your on watch, watch and yeah. maybe, and it would come with like, it would actually come with a little book that you could enter all that data into. And, you know, and I think that's fine. Like I don't have any single problem. I don't have a problem with the collection of data, you collecting data. I have a huge problem with Apple having all of your data, with Google having all of your data, with the NSA having all of your data. Like I, I don't, people get me confused. They think I hate these technologies. I don't hate the ideas. I don't hate the abstracts. I hate where that data goes. That that's the real problem. But anyway, mm. I, I'm on a tangent, so we can we can move on. <laughs> well, I think we'll I think we're going to leave it there because we got to get our show out and that we got to we got to wrap this up. So, want to say well, we did a pretty good after show. You know, we're at an hour and thirty five minutes, almost thirty four. Yeah, we gave him an extra thirty minutes. You know, it's great. I think we can high five and call it a victory, Brian. Absolutely. Let's wrap this up in swaddling claws. That was our high five. Did you hear that? that? And that was a Jesus joke. (laughs) I, well, went over my head. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Like the Holy Spirit floating over my head. Anyway, um, (laughs) so our website, sexandsciencehour.com. Subscribe to our podcast feed. Tell your friends about Sex and Science Hour. And we're on Twitter, sex science, at sex science hour. Oh, that's good. And Instagram. And, uh, but the most important thing is, um, stuff.sexandsciencehour.com if you want to be on the after show. That's right. And uh, if not, we love you anyway. Thanks for listening. This has been Sex and Science Hour. Dovecha. What does that mean? Russian for see you later. Oh, (laughs) I have no way to verify that. So I'm just going to say, okay, I take your word for it. Well, Batman said it. (laughs) Go Adam West. Uh, See you next week.